Welcome back to Podcast 62 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us the Icebreakers. Follow us on social media slash the Icebreakers. This episode is being brought to you by BetRivers.com for a 100% sign-up bonus up to 250 bucks. Please visit BetRivers. Use the promo code ODDS22. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support and benefit from the Icebreakers, please visit theodsbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member and pick any of our winning handicappers to get their premium plays before the line moves, including myself. You can also support us on patron.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Breakers and become a free picks newsletter subscriber. We have a huge weekend in football, my friends. Lots of great matchups finally in the college football landscape. The NFL is rolling. I'm coming off a 12-4 NFL weekend myself. Really happy about that. 26-19 for the NFL season. And we have a great show because Mike North from ESPN 1000 and the Odds Couple is coming on to break down the NFL slate for week Three. Mike is one of the guys that I've been listening to since I was a child. Very excited to bring him back and talk some NFL and some Circa Invitational as well because Mike is one of the contestants that Derek Stevens has set up for the NFL Invitational Contest at the Circa. Before we get into all that good stuff, I want to remind you guys that we are live on YouTube every Wednesday with our guests at 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific time. Just in case you want to get the show a little bit earlier, and if you have the time to do so, you now have that option. I also want to remind everybody, if you have a question for the podcast that you'd like us to read on the Monday Mailbag or on the Thursday show that we bring you every single week for the games this weekend. Feel free to email us at info at theoddsbreakers.com and we will try to get to that topic or that game that you want broken down. And lastly, I want to remind you out there that we're always looking for talent at the Oddsbreakers. If you are an experienced handicapper and want to monetize with the Oddsbreakers, feel free to contact us at info at theoddsbreakers.com and we can see if you can contribute to some of the major sports that we have coming up throughout the rest of the year. All right, my friends, without further ado, let's get into our guest, Mr. Mike North from ESPN Chicago and the Odds Couple. Now I'm very excited to welcome back a man that I followed and listened to in the Chicago land area for many years, and Mr. Mike North from the Odds Couple and ESPN 1000. You can follow Mike on Twitter at North to North. Mike, thanks for coming back on the show, my man. How the heck you doing this week? Well, I was doing good, but uh, you know, I guess they call it what is it, Xfinity, Infinity, whatever Infinity, <laughs> Xfinity. It is. They're playing with uh, the computers. So I'm actually, I wanted to give a better presentation of myself instead of the three-jowled to double-chinned, uh, 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 you know, light hitting me from the side presentation. <laughs> but I'm doing this on my iPad. I said, I'm not going to let my guy Kiev down. I'm going to get it done. We're going to get this done. And you know what? 
I got to be honest with you. I look pretty good, so I'm ready to go, pal. <laughs> Mike, you look wonderful. Not like a guy that went golfing all day or anything, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I played golf this morning. I played golf a couple times a week. I'm a hacker. You know, I love the fact that golf is one of those games where you're actually able three, four times around to shoot a shot that the pros would shoot. You know, <laughs> yeah. make a long putt. Uh, land one five feet from the cup. It doesn't happen every single time. That's why it's a special thing. So that's why I love golf. Uh, I'm not very good. I shoot somewhere around 95 to 105. But we play the same course. I have a, a, a just a gas. And what we do, that's if I shoot individually. We usually play a scramble, which is uh, three, of, three of us. And uh, we just play best ball which is a lot more fun because you don't hit any out of the trap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, unless just luck hits it where you all happen to go in the same trap, which shouldn't happen right. if we all, too often. If we all go in the same trap, we're having a bad day. You hit one in the trap, another guy hits the fairway, you use that ball. Uh, but that's what golf's all about, man. It's that one shot you get, you know? You feel like a pro. Uh, I mean, it's wonderful. And uh, I also love nature and just being out in the fresh air and the wide open spaces. Seeing animals yep. running across—that's the best thing. I love golf. I wish I had more time to do it. Um, I hopefully later in my life I will, but I probably get out once a month if I'm lucky, and uh, uh, a little bit more in the winter time. So uh, uh, I'm excited for uh, my golf season to start when it cools off a little bit, which is uh, yeah. What is it? About 135 degrees there right now. <laughs> No, it's actually humid. It feels a little bit like Chicago right now. Wow, being that uh, it's like 90 with a with rain. So uh, I'm you know a- what. I took, I took, um, I had to take some packages out of my car from a parking lot into a restaurant Sunday. And uh, what my guy Kiev says is true about Chicago and the humidity. I swear I was like Bill Russell at the free throw line back in the day. <laughs> By the time I got in there, all I did was walk like 45 feet. But that humidity hits you immediately and you got a good sweat going. It's, it sure does, man. But uh, it's a definite change. And every time I come back to visit every year, I feel it differently. It's like uh, it'll be cooler out, but I'm sweating more. It's it's uh, <laughs> it, 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 it brings me back to old times. I guess uh, my blood is probably adjusted a little bit because when it's 60. No, no doubt about it. You can't. When, it, when it's 120 degrees and then you all of a sudden it's 50, <laughs> you know, and it's going to be 50 here pretty soon. So that's what we're talking about. That's, that's where you feel it. That's what we're talking about, Mike. But I have to ask you, man, how did one of my favorite jockeys in the world the guy i used to be listening to since the 90s since i was a kid listen to this guy mike how did you get invited to the circa invitational contest that Derek stevens is putting on uh for special media members well i'll tell you what it, it, the most of them there's some media guys but there's a lot of big time professional betters involved in this thing now what happened was uh I do love uh, that station as far as I watch uh, Mitch uh, Moss and Paulie Howard. Probably about, I play golf Monday and Wednesdays. I probably watch an hour of them on Tuesdays. I watch an hour and a half, maybe two hours on Thursdays. They're very good, but they're the only contact I really have. I've been on their show. I've been on with Mike Lombardi. I've been on uh, with Dave Ross. uh, And uh, it's basically been, and Matt Newman's, of course. And I was just coming on. I was making picks or talking about this, talking about that. And and the word this really goes back to is five years ago when I had to reinvent myself. And I was basically my type of talk wasn't being acceptable as much as it used to be. And I said, you know, 
I had a show called the NFL Handicap Show in 1989. I think we talked about this last time I was on. And I uh, uh, was one of the first to do it. I thought gambling was right around the corner, professional sports gambling. And look, it's taken all this uh, time since 1989 when I brokered time at a small station in Chicago. So I decided to go the handicap route. And what happened there is then I started being in contests, and I was in one in the Chicago Sun-Times, and uh, I had the same type of run that Chuck Adell had that I've heard he had. He had a, a run where he won 18-1-1 or something like that. He's another uh, great uh, sports better on in the contest, uh, the Circa Invitational. And I went 18-1-1 with top four bets per week. And for five weeks, I was 18-1-1. Well, ESPN noticed that. They were looking for a wagering type of situation. I came up with the show. My buddy Jeff Schwartz, who was a, who's been a, like a concierge for me for 35 years. I worked with him at the score uh, in Chicago. He said it should be called The Odds Couple. So I did that. I've been doing that for four years. And I've been doing very well. And I also worked for a couple of betting services. But I don't do that anymore. I'd rather give out my picks for free, be in contests like this, and make money gambling on my own. Because I feel so bad if I'm wrong. You yeah, know what I yeah. mean? And I give people bets. I, it really started bothering me. Because even though I had a 60 like one year in football, I, which is outrageous, folks. Believe me when I tell you this. It is. 62% in the NFL and college. That's outrageous. Now, the next year I was 51%. It was just one of those hot years. But when you're wrong, that 30 35% of the time, you feel bad for whoever took their money and bet on it. So you know what? I'm one of these guys now that if you're going to hang, hang yourself. But if you're going to use my picks, I'm going to give them to you for free. Oh, there you go. What? A, and that's how it is, man. There's a, This is a stressful industry for people yep. that have to make money off of uh, the, all their work and research. You know well, I mean? well so, listen to this, Keith. Listen to this. So they call me. Matt Newman's good guy, was in Chicago for a while, knows I'm good enough. He says, would you like to be in the handicap contest? I mean, I've been handicapping professionally for only five years. A lot of these guys have been around, you know, longer than that doing it. But I was a public better for 40 years. <laughs> I lost my ass for 40 years. You know what I mean? And I decided to turn it into a business, turn it into something that, like, if my life depended on it, I had to be right. And everything started turning around. I didn't bet six games a day. I bet two games a day. You know how to do it. You budget. You do what you got to do. And then uh, I've been winning for four years, me and Carmen DeFalco and Randy Merkin on the odds couple on ESPN 1000 every Friday night, unless it's White Sox season. Then we're on Saturday morning also at 8 o'clock on ESPN 1000, the app. And we've been winning. Every, and Matt's known this. And he follows me and some of the other guys do. And he asked me to be on. And he thought I was a good guest. And I also like to promote it. I think promoting the contest is fun for people to get involved with. You know, I call that as tough as the Sweet 16, as you'll see in the NCAA, the 16 guys that are on. The lowest guy is four and six. Well, I'll tell you this, man. Uh Six of you guys are guests on this show, reoccurring guests. So I, I hope you all tie when it comes to the end of it, my man. You know, you know what? They should probably expand it next year into two divisions. I mean, this these sixteen guys. Look, the one thing you don't want to be the the ninth week, one of you is out. The last guy's out. You don't want to be the last guy out. If you're the fifteenth guy out, 
If you're the 14th guy out, fine. I want to be there for the money. Now, first place is 15000 Second place is 7000 And third place is 3000 I mean, Derek Stevens and uh, I don't know if he's a right-hand man. I mean, he's the vice president. Mike Palm. Uh, that's a pretty good title. Um, but but Mike, the maestro Palm, they do a great job, and I appreciate being asked in. And right now I'm in eighth place. I, I was afraid the first week. You don't want to go on five. You don't want to go on. And I, I hear people say they got to come on the air and go, I went on four. It's hard to do. Even We all got pride. And how many guys give don't. They'll tell you when they go three and one or three and two. It's tough to come on and be honest and say, you know what? I went 0 and three. You know, not many guys do that. They just tell you when they win. That's so true. And that's why uh, it's very important for transparency in this industry. And that's why right. we're always pitching transparency, and that's important. We have to have, we understand that this is hard. There's a lot of people that are, are bet for recreation because we love sports. We're Bears fans. You know, uh, people from Cleveland, they like betting because they got sick of watching their team lose, but they want a little bit more invested in these other games. And that's what it's about. Wait. But we try to preach to do it responsibly with bankroll management um, and obviously using the good tactics to bet. These contests here are steel lines. They come out on Wednesday after it's been hit and beat on by the Sharps without even the opportunity to buy back from the public movement. So it's it's a little bit more of a challenge on these contests because you're actually buying into a very I'll saturated you, market. I'll give you a bad game I had. I, we have to use the circle lines, okay? You can't use any other lines. You can't use MGM, can't use this, can't use that. Circa. The Tennessee Titan game was 10 all cross, except at Circa, nine and a half. And I love Tennessee. <laughs> at the end, it didn't matter. I took it anyway. Go, Don't let a half a point scare you. Uh, I went three and two the first week, two and three the second week. So I'm five and five. But what's big is best bets. Listen to my best bets. My best bets are two and all. Oh, so that's like being seven and five, if you know about being in these things. Because those are the ones that will keep you in the game. If there's like a five-way tie, then they go to the best bet as the tiebreaker. I had Seattle with Geno Smith the first week when they beat Denver. And last week, I had the Jets. <laughs> That's how my system goes. I don't I don't pick these games. Uh, believe me, I would never. I would never take the Jets for the most part. I see it. And I know you know this when you handicap. Sometimes the stuff you give out or sometimes the stuff you want to play, you really don't want to play it. <laughs> but it's what it tells you to play. And you know what? When I thought I knew better, I lost every year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, I, Now I, I have I the system. I go, I'm just going to trust the system, and it's worked out. Exactly. It's like sometimes the smelliest bets that you make are the sharpest ones oh. that you can make. I was on the Cowboys last week, and you know how that worked out. So I, had a, I oh. was happy about that. And it's yeah. hard to do. I mean, after you see that terrible performance, but you have to understand these are human beings. You're betting against a team that's still partying from last week, and you're betting against a team with their backs against the wall and their jobs on the line. You know, you have to understand the psycho psycho psychology behind all that, which is important. But speaking. Well, yeah, I'll give you one. I was MF in Arizona in the yeah, first half. Yeah, yeah. I was and then too. all of a sudden, I want to go to the parade yeah. in the second half. I, Kyler Murray gets, good, gets off. It's just crazy. I mean, it's a roller it's a roller coaster of emotions, and it is exhausting. It I'm is. not. I'm not. Wait. I never. I haven't worked in 30 years. I used to work hard for a living. This is great, <laughs> but it's still exhausting mentally. It yeah, is because very. you work your whole week to try to be right for four or five games. 
it, and I'm in more than one uh, media contest. I'm in one in Chicago. Look about you. You brought up a great point. You said it's when you make these these sheets out. I'm in uh, the circuit contest. I have to have my plays in by Friday afternoon at one, and I changed two plays on Sunday on another media contest I'm in. Okay. And to let you know what happened, I was two and three in the circuit contest, the Friday one that I had to get in, okay, and four and one on the one I don't have to have in till Sunday at noon because I got better reads on a couple games. The earlier you make it, the tougher it is. Exactly, especially yeah. when it's not the openers, too. It's like right on that Wednesday when those lines are quite stale, I agree. But speaking of a game, let's talk about a team that we love so much, the Chicago Bears. That was a game I picked last week, and I unfortunately had to make the uh, play against the Bears. I did play the Packers for many reasons. As a Bears fan, it's tough to do, but I also tell everybody, if you're a fan of the team and you know what's going on because you follow them so well, you should at least be able to use them in your sports betting models. You know, it's Otherwise, it's just wasted information. So I'm okay with betting against my teams. I do it against my Badgers. I might be doing it this weekend against Ohio State. We'll talk more about that later. But more importantly... Um, what's your thoughts on their performance? Because that there's a lot of people complaining, but for me, it wasn't quite, it wasn't quite like that. They, there's, there's exceeded expectations. Did they meet expectations or they, were they below your expectations, Mike? After 14 games, Justin Fields stinks. That's my one expectation. Now I, I got to let everybody know I was a Mitch Trubisky guy. Cause I like to win. They were 29 and 21 under him. Went to the playoffs two out of the, the four years that he was on the team. I don't play the uh, quarterback has to have big stats game. I play the quarterback doesn't turn the ball over, which Mitch doesn't, and wins games like he did at Cincinnati in overtime, where I guess if Joe Burrows has five turnovers, you're automatically supposed to convert those. No, going to Cincinnati, a Super Bowl team on the road, and you're Mitch Trubisky, and you win in overtime, that was a huge upset. A huge upset. And they're picking about how he didn't score every time Cincinnati turned over the ball. And, and I'll give you another example. Um, Justin Fields hasn't played a good game as a passer, as a Bear quarterback yet. They're kissing his rear end here in town for whatever reason. People thought he was going to be a Hall of Famer. He he could be Andre Ware before he's Steve Young. Okay? Um but I also see a lot of quarterbacks. You know, people concentrating on Fields or Mitch. Kiev. Winston had three interceptions. Uh, Matt Ryan had three interceptions. Tannehill was absolutely horrendous. Believe me when I tell you this, maybe Justin Fields has a good game this week. He hasn't had one yet. But Mitch Trubisky, he's on a first-place team, and there's a lot other quarterbacks, including, I think, 27 teams, one and one or less. So I don't understand the fascination over one quarterback. There's a lot of teams that have bad quarterbacking going on. And Justin Fields right now, he needs to, he needs to come back and win. The weather helped against San Francisco. Stupid coaching. Not starting uh, Jimmy G to begin with. Uh, from rolling medals 10 miles away from Soldier Field. Used to playing in the weather elements like this. Wanted to play in front of his family. It took an act of God, unfortunately for Trey Lance, to knock him out of the game and put the rightful error to the guy that should have never been replaced. So we got lucky against Frisco. We got lucky 
or unlucky against Green Bay with a bad call at the goal line. I thought we could have made the game closer, but we're not going to win. So we'll see what we're made of this week. If Fields has another bad game, they didn't even have competition for him in camp. Yeah, they just handed them. They handed them the job. They're so Chicago Bears, and that's not good. <laughs> you know, that's it, not good. I, I will say the jury's still out in Fields, and but it, you switch coaches, you switch regimes, you switch GMs. It's it's a whole new team. They didn't throw. They didn't make him throw the ball past eleven times because. I think they just don't want him to screw up and uh and really hurt his confidence. So I don't And they want to stay in the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't want to get blown out. That touch the house man right now he's managing the game. Look, I, I said this on Twitter, Kiev. I said, I'm gonna name you the quarterbacks that could do what he's done his first fourteen games with the Bears. Every one of them. The bad ones, the good ones, and the in between ones. From Moses Marino, okay, to Rex Grossman, to Jim McMahon, to Jim Harbaugh. To Cordell Stewart, I'll go all night long like Lionel Richie. Any Bear quarterback, even Cade McNown. If he I, played I was wondering if you could say Cade. <laughs> even Cade McNown, if he played 14 games, I'll compare him to what Justin Fields has done. That's the sad part because we moved up for him. Doesn't have a great team around him, but he's got a lot of the same guys Mitch had. Cole Komet, uh, Montgomery at running back. I mean, you know. I'm the guy that's bewildered by the fact that Trubisky and Allen Robinson in two years had 200 pass receptions to each other, and they were just let go. That that doesn't grow on trees. It's hard to find good quarterbacks, so we'll find out. But right now, the jury is leaning towards a conviction of Justin Fields not being able to read a defense, holding on to the ball. When you watch him, folks, and I've been following the Bears since – Hell, I came out of my mom's womb with a bear stocking cap, and I'm, I just celebrated my 70th birthday. So what I'm going to tell you is do what I do. When he goes back to pass, go 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. Like in touch football, you're going to go past 3,000 a lot. He missed a lot of wide-open receivers from what I understand. He can't see the whole field, and he can't read a defense, and he takes a lot of sacks. All right, you know, I'm going to – and like I say – I thought Mitch was treated improperly, and I thought yeah. that his coaching was terrible, and he still could turn out. He's a little bit on the hot seat coming up here, but we'll see when we. But get what to happened to? They're in first place. I don't think. I don't think Pickett's ready. I don't think I'm Pickett's ready be, yet either. I, I don't think no. Pickett's ready yet either. But but I don't think Mason Rudolph's better than Mitch. I think Tomlin knows that, and I don't even know if Pickett is because I heard that Pickett. Pittsburgh didn't take him at 20 because he's a hometown kid. They really had no definitive 20 that he might have gone in the 40s. That some pe- that teams were going to pass him up. So I'm not sold on. I, I would go with Mitch Trubisky, but if he starts throwing interceptions, which he doesn't, then, you know, I watched, what's his name, Herbert? Throw that 99-yard interception first week. Mitch Trubisky's never thrown a pick six, ever. No, no, no. He, he, he hasn't. Maybe it's because of his legs. He's got a lot of good intangibles to him. So let's see what happens. Uh, by the way, Najee Harris is not having a good year running. Uh, they expected more out of him. So I think you look at the overall thing. You look at 25, 26 teams that are 1-1 one and one or 0-2, and, and you just say, let's go on to week three. Right, right. No, that's for sure. Uh, I think Fields is fast, and he still could learn, but uh, the jury's a little bit out on him, but it's not looking good unless he can start completing some passes. Well, you know what his two Cole biggest Cole Komet hasn't even received a pass yet. Cole Komet, our tight end. 
So that's well, that, that. That's a little bit worrisome. He's my cousin, by the way. I wanted to let you know that there you through go. marriage. I used to, and Cole's a good kid. He was very successful last year. The first week, I didn't expect anything out of him because they practice against the number one tight end in football, Kittles. So I figured San Francisco knows how to stop Kittles in practice, maybe. So they'll stop what's that. But last week, yeah, you got to come up with some catches. He dropped the first one that was thrown to him. So I think this is a big week for this team. You know how things can happen. They win this game. Things turn around. Everybody's perception of Justin Fields turns around. That's exactly right. Well, let's get into some games then, Mike. And speaking of Mitch Trubisky, we have a Thursday night special here where Cleveland Browns are favored by four and a half points. The total on this is 38. And just for you listeners out there, we're just going to kind of go through the games. We might pass on a few. Um, We're going to get as far as we can here. But I think that just my two cents in this game, I think this line's a little bit too big. I, I think Pittsburgh should not be this big of a dog in a division game, especially the way they finished that game against the Patriots there. Uh, this game is going to be all about Mitch as an underdog here, but they have some very good skill positions on this team um, with Deontay Johnson, uh, obviously with the kid from Notre Dame right there. They have some very good pass catchers here, and even if Najee Harris is banged up, I think that Pittsburgh should be do should be able to Get enough here to get this spread. I didn't bet it yet, but I got a strong lean right now towards the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think this might go down to four, so I might be uh, making a move here after the show. What are your thoughts? I'm going to leave it alone right now. This is the first, by the way, I don't start my heavy work or even looking at lines till Thursday. This is the first time I've heard it. First thing was four and a half, a pretty generous line to me, but this is a game that I probably won't bet. Uh, because I do have Pittsburgh over seven and a half uh, as far as victories for the season. I have that season total bet. Uh, I'm going to stay away from this game because I have I bet every Pittsburgh game because I got the total. So my first inclination would be it's you know Cleveland let the Jets catch up to them. Uh, was it the Jets that played them? I oh forgot. yeah, it was. Yeah. They were up by 13 points. There were the yeah, a and couple Cleveland minutes left. Right, they won. Here's what I'm telling you. I'm staying away from this game, but I'm going to be rooting for Mitch and rooting for Pittsburgh. All right. Well, there you go. That's your Thursday night special. We'll have a prop play for you guys, too. So check out our Twitter feed tomorrow. We always do a Thursday and Monday uh, TikTok prop, which we are 21 and 15 with. That's right. The prop market's loose, baby. You got to get where the money's good. Listen. I remember when the prop market, there was no prop market. There was nothing. The first one was the fridge scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl or <laughs> something. Right. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Now there's more prop bets. Sometimes people just bet the props. I don't do that. I'm still betting a side or an over. I don't do a lot of halftime bets. I'm old school, baby. Yeah, that's right. And I'll tell you this. What's helped me in props is just knowledge of fantasy football in general. I've, I, a little bit younger generation is into the fantasy football. Yep. I'm a Gen Xer oh, myself. But, you know, it's uh, it's a good way to find those matchups because when there's cornerbacks hurt, sometimes there's some value on some receivers and uh, things like that. I, I bet Deron Payne to get a sack last week against the Lions because the Lions were on their second string center and guard. You know, the nose tackle got one at plus 200 for me last week. So I think that there's some value in the props if you do your homework, guys. So keep that in mind. Let's move on to a pretty big line here, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Colts. This thing is at about 6.5 right now. The total of this is 50.5, Mike. Anything on this one? Wow. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, they they started talking like he was going to be like Matt. 
Stafford and the Rams last you know, last year. Carson Wentz, uh, by the way, looks good now compared to what we're seeing. Matt Ryan, maybe. Uh, he's gun-shy now. I'm going to take the favorite in this game. I'm going to lean favorite. I, I just can't go Indianapolis. I think Frank Reich is on the hot seat. Um, they had to win a big game last year to get in the playoffs. They couldn't do it. Now you see this debacle. They really haven't developed a quarterback. I know they were stunned by Andrew Luck leaving, but uh, maybe there was a reason he left. Uh, he was doing a whole lot of heavy lifting. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the favorite here. I'm gonna go Kansas City. All right, at six and a half, I'm gonna lean to the Colts right here. If and only if Pittman and Shaq Leonard are back, I think Sha Shaquille Leonard, the mic of that defense. It was a massive issue for them the last two games. Also, the fact that Colts are coming in as favorites against teams that they've been losing to after all these years. Jacksonville was the easiest play on my board last week. And uh, just seeing that the, the Colts had it hard that first game where they really outgained. Was it the Texans, I think it was? Something like that. They outgained the heck out of them, and their field goal kicker got fired because he couldn't hit an extra point or a field goal or maybe both, whatever that was, last week, that first week. And uh, they should have won that game. But this is Matt Ryan with his back against the uh, wall. He's usually been a pretty good cover. Everyone's all uh, enamored with the Chiefs right now. But the Chiefs beat a really bad uh, Cardinals team from what I saw, and it took a pick six for them to get back in that uh, Chargers game. So I'm, I'm going to lean hard on the Colts here, and I will play it at six right. and a half. Yeah, I probably won't play this game, but for information only. That's what they used to say in the parlay cards. There you go. And it's always great to have some disagreement. We are honest people here. We're not a bunch of BSers that are going to just agree on everything. Let's move on to the Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins. This kind of creeped up to six and a half a little bit here. If you look at the uh, screen, it's at six. A little bit of juice here towards the Buffalo Bills. The total is 52 and a half. Um, Mike, why don't you start on this one? This is a stay away game for me, but then it isn't. I mean, if I was gonna, if my, if there was a gun to my head, I'm taking Buffalo. I mean, we just saw Miami do a very impressive thing, right? We just saw they didn't play a bad football game. Buffalo is a juggernaut, just like you just talked about. You know, Matt Ryan back is against the wall. Yeah, but they're playing the Chiefs. If your back's against the wall, you'd rather play the Falcons, you know, or somebody like that. I look at Buffalo. I was surprised. I Everybody thinks Buffalo is Josh Allen, a one-man team. And they're not a one-man team. They're, they got multiple players. So it probably will be a stay away from me. But, you know, a lot of dogs been winning. Is this, is this, there's a lot of home dogs again this week. First week, there was eight dogs that won. Eight favorites at one. This could be one of those weeks where maybe the public gets their money back. I am a chalk, not a chalk player, but when I hear Kansas City and Buffalo, I become a chalk player. I really do. Just like I bet Tom Brady last week when everybody bet New Orleans, everybody I knew. Hey, who are you going with, New Orleans? What? You guys know that they're playing Tom Brady? Yeah, but they don't have Gronkowski. Yeah, they got some injuries on that thing. That's the easiest money. If you've been betting Tom Brady your whole life, you're making money. I just put the money down and said it's Tom Brady. Winston threw three interceptions. He's another one uh, that gives the ball to the other team. It was just and, and and by the way, Tampa Bay's offense ain't playing all that good. But it's Tom Brady. That's how I look at Buffalo right now. 
Buffalo is a team as a team is like Tom Brady. You know, I tell you, that was just very impressive at home. I like the over in this game. And the reason Good that for you. the reason that I do is because Miami will put up points. They have the skill positions to do so. And even if it's backdoor points, I'm okay with that. Because you have a cornerback in Dane Jackson that got carted off the field in an ambulance last week. I highly doubt they are throwing him in the next thing. And their best cornerback, oh. Tredavious White, is still on the pup list without even playing here. I think this could be a little bit of a letdown after the Buffalo uh, had that massive Monday night game. And you know how uh, teams are after that uh, short short rest. I think oh, they, yeah. they can give up some points. I, I'll give you a slight lean to Miami. But I like the over. It's 52 and a half here. This, this, is, this could be a, one of those... Big shootouts here getting into the 60s, in my opinion. So that's what we're going to go with this one. Sounds good. Let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens versus the Patriots. This is interesting. This this thing's been bouncing a little bit. I see two and a half now, Mike. Um, I, I think that it was three earlier this morning, so it looks like some sharp sides hit the New England Patriots, knocking this number down a little bit. We have a lower total here, 43.5. I can. There's something wrong with the Patriots, and um, <laughs> I, I, they beat the Steelers last week, but they lost all those linebackers last week. They got Matt Patricia, like being a co-offensive coordinator that has no business being that guy. I like Mac Jones. I, I don't like some of their injuries. Baltimore, after what happened last week, has to be ready to score some points. I, at the three, I was going to lean the Patriots, but at two and a half, I'll lean the Ravens. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this one, buddy? I'm going to go the other way. I think we'll go back to three. I will tell you this. I saw John Harbaugh, I think, who's overrated as a head coach, last year going to uh, go for two twice in two games, fail, and they lost both games. Okay? Then I see this debacle last week. They had no business losing this game. John Harbaugh, to me, he's okay. He's got a super. I get it. He had a hell of a team. But I'm going to go with New England. Uh, by the way, uh, for Bear fans that are listening, and I know we'll get plenty of Bear fans, Belichick was relieved when the Bears took fields. They wanted Mac Jones. <laughs> they wanted Mac Jones because he's best friends with Saban, or very good friends, and I knew it. Saban would not go to uh, Bill Belichick and go, because I don't think he's done it before with other Alabama players or quarterbacks, maybe other positions. He said, go for this kid. And that's what he did. So I am going to go New England here. I just think that the better coach, uh, Lamar Jackson's great. He has to do everything himself. I think that they're an easy team to prepare for. The only hard part is the guy that they got to prepare for is a superstar. I I think the the line tells me to to take New England. It's so funny about this. From a contest perspective, I probably won't play the Patriots or the Ravens in the right. contest at two and a half. But if it was yeah. at, but if it was at three, I probably would. It's just it, it, that, that's the mentality well, of this, you know, whole thing. It's like Well, look at look at look at Pittsburgh last week. Somebody some people got it at two and a half, they lose, and then some people got it at three and they gotta push. It's huge. I know, I know. It's and obviously when you talk about the value with the numbers, you're when you're playing contests, you're playing against people. You're not necessarily well, playing against the book, right? So you you want to take a team that could win, not that a team that not everybody's going to be jumping on, and that's kind of the scene. Well, I hear thing. Survivor at Circa got oh. The, oh. destroyed. They're like eighty percent gone. <laughs> I mean, they're eighty percent gone, and the pick five games as tough as it is. There's just the games haven't come true to form. 
look, if if you're 500 or better right now after two weeks, congratulations. You should throw a party. Yeah, yeah. Well, throw, well, week one, that, week one, I think yep. one of the winners last year that split it put it put all his entries on the Kansas City Chiefs against the Cardinals week one. So he must be sitting pretty uh, pretty with those six entries here. You know, coming into week two because last. But I week, wouldn't take this. Would be a game in Survivor. I would never touch New England or yeah, or, or this. Game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely terrible Survivor play in my opinion. Yeah. Let's move on to the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles versus the Washington Commanders. You're looking at six and a half. Now it's got a little minus one fifteen next to it. Total of forty seven here on DraftKings. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm playing the Commanders at six and a half. Here's the deal. You're on a short week here with the Eagles. Everyone's just oh enamored for what they did against uh, Car- uh, Kirk Cousins. I watched that game, Mike. Kirk Cousins looked like he was not even belonging in the NFL, how bad he was. He couldn't hit the broad side of a bar. He couldn't hit water falling out of a boat, my man. It was terrible. And so it just made the Eagles look that much better. But you have a situation that they're on a short week. They're coming into a division game. Washington's back's against the wall, sitting at 0-2. They have Carson Wentz, who is just licking his chops here to show the Philly fans that he is the true guy that uh, could have led this team. It, it, this one just has Washington all over it. This is a, a larger bet for me. I took six and a half. Yeah, I'll probably stay away from this game. I would probably, I think it's going to be a favorite week. Uh, there's a reason. I mean, six and a half is a lot of points. Washington was winning that Detroit game. Uh, yeah, you know, Washington's. One more quarter, they would have won it. One more yeah. quarter, they would have won it. <laughs> they. I love Chico. I worked with him in radio. Ron Rivera. I call him Chico. Uh, six and a half is a lot of points. They're at Philly, right? No, they're at Washington, which doesn't have the biggest home field advantage. But in the beginning of the year, I have to imagine that somebody I would should Philly. Okay. I would lean Philly. I mean, I know they're defeated, but it's a divisional game. I probably won't play it. I would lean Philly. Uh, I'm, I'm not buying into that... Uh, Short week stuff anymore. I don't really buy into that. Um, I know I maybe should. It doesn't come into play in the system I play. I've been pretty successful with it, but it would be a game. See, sometimes the play you make is the one you don't make. Okay? So you have a lot of good questions, Kev, like the short week and stuff. And there's a lot of points on the road being given to the home team whose back's against the wall. So sometimes the best play is no play. I got no play on this. Go Riverboat Ron is all I got to say. It's okay to disagree on this one, buddy. Let's move on to the Bengals versus the Jets. And the Jets are home dogs at plus five. The total on this thing is 44 and a half. And, Mike, I'm guessing the look-ahead line of this before the season started was probably more like 10. You know, uh, the Cincinnati coming off the Super Bowl. Now, I knew that Cincinnati was overrated, and that's part of the reasons why I played the Cowboys last week. But what I will say is that that coach, Zach Taylor, was called out this week, and he should be called out because he's got a ton of talent on this team. They paid for three offensive linemen in the offseason, and that hasn't really showed up yet either. You got Jamar Chase calling him out. I think that this is the get-up-and-get-right game. That Jets, that was a very misleading score against the Browns. They are dead in the water. I'm going to give you a strong lean to the Bengals minus the five. What are your thoughts? Joe Burrow played the worst game he ever played. I'm counting Pee Wee football the first week. So I don't get that getting on the coach for that. But, yes, uh, losing last week, not good. But they didn't look good. And the over-under for season totals is only nine and a half. Uh, I I really think 
that maybe Burroughs isn't back from that appendectomy that he had there in the offseason. He doesn't look right to me. Uh, I still love the guy. It's a stay away from me, man. Right. I don't trust Cincinnati. I don't trust him yet. That's a stay away from me. All right, fair enough. Let's move on to the Detroit Lions versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are lane six. The total of this is 52.5. Here's my thing on this one. I kind of like the Vikings, but I'm not rushing into this. (laughs) There's no reason to. I think Detroit's a public dog this week. I I think that the the public's going to be all over Detroit for how they've played the last couple games, how they got the backdoor cover against the Eagles, how they won last week when we know one more quarter would have got them. Kirk Cousins looking terrible on the road, but this is the kind of the spot where he's back at home in the dome, big home field advantage, cushy game. I'm not sure if I'm going to play it, Mike, but I think this goes down, so I'm going to wait on it. Yeah, I'm going to wait on it. I'm not going to do anything. I'm with you. Detroit's impressed me. They really have. They golfers look good. They're putting points on the board. They never used to do that. But I've been hearing about Detroit for 15 years. I'm tired of hearing about them. And I'm sure so. You know, I, I was thinking when you're talking about Kirk Cousins, that he's a perfect guy. When I talk about Mitch Trubisky or even Ryan Tannehill, who's made last year made it to the first seed without big stats. These big stats guys, I go through. I go back to Dan Fouts. They never did anything. I mean, because he would up put up the big stats. They had no defense. Um, I just think when you look at quarterbacks and you look at quarterbacks that throw for a lot of yards, sometimes they throw in garbage time a lot of yards when they're winning big, or sometimes when they're losing, they got to throw for a lot of yards. Uh, that would be the case with Detroit and golf. That would be the case with Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins, I think guys like Jimmy G, folks, don't laugh, and Mitch Trubisky are going to make a lot of money next year. Because it's all about taking care of the football now and not throwing for 500 yards, but throwing, like Jameis Winston, three interceptions and losing football games. Whoever can keep the ball out of the other team's hands can win the football games. My point is, this game is a no play for me. I don't know what Detroit's capable of. They're capable of losing by 20, but Detroit's, Minnesota's capable of losing to Detroit by 10. So this is a stay away from me. All right, fair enough. And let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Tennessee Titans. Titans plus two, total 45.5. Man, this game, two 0-2 teams here. Titans losing the last second against the Giants, missing the field goal. Probably should have won that game, but, and of course, they go against the Bills. Now they're in that kind of same spot as the Vikings after looking so bad, but the Raiders, what a a, a choke job against the Cardinals. And I was on the Cardinals, too. I was was tweeting pretty bad things about the Cardinals when uh, they were down, and all of a sudden, Kyler Murray uh, came back, and it was all him. It wasn't the rest of this team. The rest of this roster is bad. This is a teaser for me, buddy. It's uh, plus two to plus eight going through the two key numbers of three and seven and um i just can't see the uh, the titans being completely blown out in my opinion what are your thoughts i'm with you derrick henry okay he'll run wild i think he'll have a great game Tannehill is a better quarterback than he's shown uh they don't have the skill position type players i think that to win it all that they were first seed last year was remarkable Tannehill takes a beating because he had a bad game huh that happens every quarterback in the playoffs. Ask Brett Favre. I saw him throw six interceptions in a game. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Nobody picks on these guys. 
I think he comes back this week. I think they cover this game. I like your teaser play. All right, fantastic. Let's move on to the Saints versus the Panthers. The Panthers are sitting here at plus uh, three, minus 115. Total very low at 40.5. Mike, I got to tell you, I'm passing on this game. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, I'm disgusted with the Panthers. <laughs> I don't think Matt Rule's an NFL coach yet. These guys' backs are against the wall. Their quarterback's playing for a contract. Jameis Winston did Jameis Winston things last week. I think it's a, probably a good line. What are your thoughts? I'm going to go Baker, plus the three. I'm going to go for Rule. You talked about backs against the wall. I didn't understand the Matt Rule hiring. I didn't understand the Matt Rule. I mean, I know more about pro football than Matt Rule will ever know. I'm, and I'm a, I mean, I mean, seriously. I, I, I don't understand some of the things he's done. I never understood the Sam Darnold fascination. I'm a huge Sam Darnold detractor. The only reason people like him and is because he was a New York Jet. It's a New York media. Uh, Baker Mayfield's going to win this football game. Um, I feel really good about Carolina in this spot. I don't think Rule is the worst. He looks like the worst. But I think he pulls out in this one. All right. Well, you got a three points at home for this one. Let's move on to a team that we love so much, our Chicago Bears hosting the uh, Houston Texans. The Lovey Smith revenge game, baby, coming out at us. Well, I don't really care about revenge because I just don't think Lovey Smith's that good of a coach personally. And uh, there's a lot of people that say, oh, he was the last winning coach. I thought that was a lot. Erlacher, I thought it was Mike Brown. Lance Briggs, some of the great Bears that me and you know so well. I think Lovey's okay, but I, I, I just I'm not buying any hype about this as a revenge game. You got the plus three at the minus one twenty here. You got the Bears at minus three. I think you're going to be able to get a two and a half if you like the Bears. But at the same time, this game stinks. It's between two bad teams against each other. Whenever there's two bad teams at play, my rules to take the dog in general. I'm probably passing. I don't even think I like teasing this game, Mike. What are your thoughts? Uh I think it should be a picket game. Number one, um, to get three, I think is a gift. I don't. I think that Justin Field will be able to exploit uh, and be able to run in this game against Houston. I also think that he'll also be able to find. I, wa I watch a lot of bend but don't break defenses with Lovey Smith. So you're capable of driving down the field, getting in field goal range. My problem is I think Mills is better than Fields. Okay, I think the quarterback for Houston is an underrated quarterback. I think he's put some points on the board. Um, I mean, he had like, uh, I mean, Watson type numbers the first week from what I can figure. So uh, I'm going to go, I would lean, not because of Lovey. I would lean Houston because they. I think they've been the better team between the two. The Bears did win with a monsoon, which played into their hands, sort of like the Fog Bowl did or the sideway rain back in 94 when Butkus and Sayers jersey got retired. So I am probably going to lean uh, with Houston. So uh, I'm, the biggest worry is the run defense with the Bears. They're, they're absolutely terrible so far this year. And um, he, he, Roquan has no, nothing around him. You know, I mean, that's the problem here. There's no... You lost Hicks. You lost all the guys that could possibly stop stop the run on the Bears. And yeah, yeah, I think that Robert Quinn can be a pass rusher, of course. And 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 maybe that's enough to get to Mills. But all they need to do is run the ball to Pierce, their new uh, their their new running back right there, and they should be able to do just fine against the Bears. Well, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, 
Singletary is never the linebacker, middle linebacker he is, without Hampton and the fridge mm-hmm. in front of him, taking away the guards. Lambert, without uh, Mean Joe Green, okay, and, and that steel curtain front four is never the linebacker. Rokon has never played so unprotected with no front line that's going to Yeah, he's getting those. jammed by the guards, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's right. So, and, and, and here's another problem with the Bears. In the age of professional football, your number one paid player should always be somebody on offense, mostly quarterback, sometimes running back like Derrick Henry maybe, or a wide receiver. The fact that Rokon Smith, a middle linebacker, okay, was holding out tells you all you need to know about the Chicago Bears. They, he wanted $20 million and he's a linebacker. That is absolutely insane. I don't think he'll be on the team next year. Probably, probably not. He, but no. at, at the same time, he had some leverage because the Bears were so bad, and you know they almost had. Well, not really, because he came back and he didn't make, and he's playing <laughs> well, in, his, in his league. So he did lose. He did lose the standoff there, Kiev. Well, well, I agree with that. But I'm just saying, when he made the move, if he would still be right. holding out, there would be a lot more pressure on the Bears. But he caved. So I, he, like I said, he had yes, leverage, that's a good and, point. and he gave it out. So there you good go. Good point. That that was a, a weak move by him, but um, yep. it, it's going to cost him. Uh, let's go on to the next game here. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers are minus seven. Total of this is forty-seven. I'm gonna tell you right now, Mike. I'm not sure if Herbert's all right. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I bruised my I bruised my ribs before, and it hurt every time I took an above-average breath, and it lasted me for three weeks. He's got torn cartilage in his ribs. Let me tell you something. I did the same thing playing football. And I got hit. I had to wear, I was a quarterback, I had to wear the flak, like the, 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 the rib protector, right? Man, and it was just touch football, okay? When you got tagged there, just tagged, okay? Touch. It hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you on that. But I'm not going to take that if he does play. I mean, that's a stay away from me. This right. one's a stay away. This line can only go in one direction. I think it's a yeah. free roll to take the Jaguars here, personally. I'm taking the yeah. Jaguars plus seven. But maybe and, some couch change. And, and, maybe and, some couch change. And say Herbert plays. He's still going to be hampered. I, I mean, it's not like I don't yeah. hate this plus seven here. The Jaguars, are, No, I, I bet Doug Peterson to get coach of the year here. If they sniff the playoffs, that's going to hit. Yeah, uh, and you don't have to have a lot of money. To, you could put down some couch change on some of these games. Mm-hmm. So that's probably worth it. Yeah, mm-hmm. getting points there. Doug Peterson seems to come in the right direction from the debacle last year, so we'll see what happens. Let's move to the Rams versus the Cardinals. This is now down to minus three and a half. The total is 48.5. This total crept down a little bit. Um, the Cardinals have no defense, in my opinion. But, you know, it's all Kyler Murray, and he's the wild card, and that's why you're seeing kind of a plus three and a half here. The Rams kind of got it together last week. You can see that there's hangover issues with this Rams team. There's a Super Bowl hangover going on right now. Sean McVay being wishy-washy about retiring, he mentioned, or something. Yeah, Matt Stafford with his elbow. I, I, It's hard to trust the Rams as a road favorite this whole year, in my opinion. I, if I had a lean, I'm, I'm going to lean the Rams at three and a half. But I don't need to play this game. What are your thoughts? I'm going to take Arizona. And the reason I'm going to take Arizona... It's because Donald and them won't be able to catch this kid. They won't. I watched the game. I watched the second half. He was scrambling like Fran Tarkenton for like 15 seconds. 
I mean, if you ever watch Joe Grant Tarkin, he's the greatest scrambler in the in the history of the game. And he would run. And if you look at the defensive lineman, he he'd be ready to throw, fake him up in the air, run the other way. After ten seconds, they were going down. I think he's going to do the same thing. I think he absolutely saved uh, his coach's job. Uh, they were talking about maybe Kingsbury being in trouble if they go over two. I think now they're going to be a little looser. They were tight. They win that game from nowhere. They shouldn't have won it. I was getting five and a half. I had no business. I'm taking Arizona. Packers versus Bucks. Bucks only minus one and a half right now. Total 41 and a half. Bucks in injury hell right now. They got some lineman issues. They got their receivers, a lot of them out. Evans gets suspended. Woo, but it's Tom Brady at home, man. And I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. There's no bigger home field advantage than Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, you saw it last week. Uh, he gets a lot of the calls. The Packers look good against the Bears, but the Packers got calls too. Yep. I, even at even with all the problems with Tampa, I think Tom Brady might be able to get it done. I'm staying away right now, but I'm going to give you a small lean to Tampa. You know what Aaron Rodgers is, and he knows it. He knows I call him this. Oh yeah, he knows it. <laughs> he's what I call. He's like Chris Paul, a regular season hero, gaudy numbers, big shot, hot shot. You know, then you get him in the big room, okay? Then you get him with the big lights. The regular season hero wilts, and that's what he is. So this is a regular season game. Tampa has some injuries. They won't be playing as loosey. I mean, they'll play loosey-goosey. See, when they when the playoffs start, all bets are off, and Aaron Rodgers now has to face the juggernauts of everybody. But I'm taking Tom Brady. I'm yeah. taking Tom Brady, yeah. but I may change mm -hmm. this. I'm not saying I'm going to be married to Tom Brady on this. If we see that line go up, maybe. Uh, I just think Fournette's another guy. I know that Green Bay's D, they don't have no Clay Matthews, but they're good at times. I think you could throw against them if you have a thrower. I think people are going to be enamored with what Green Bay did against the Bears. But guess what? They do that against the Bears every year. So don't be enamored by that. I'm going to go with Brady, I think, and the minus one and a half. Maybe the best play is Fournette's uh, rushing plus receiving yards over because of what all those injuries. I don't know. I didn't look at it. I just thought of it. I would probably look at that. Fournette's been uh, reborn. Yeah. Been reborn. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, that's a that's uh, sometimes we think of these things on the fly here. I'm going to write that down and see uh, what that number comes out to be. But with all Oh, you're right. My... Please don't write my picks down. <laughs> I mean, use them against you, Mike. Let's move on to this. Listen, I'm going to tell everybody. I've told people this. This is the truth. Even the great gamblers, uh, the great one out there in um, Vegas. What's his name? Rex or? There's all I kinds forget. of Walters. Is that? <laughs> he, he's lost. He said he lost for a month. I remember I talked about going 18, 1 and 1. I've gone, I've gone 1 and 15. I've, it, it, I've gone, I've gone 2 and 14 in stretches. I mean, it happens to everybody where you don't get. But I've also gone fifth, uh, you know, in, in certain uh, stretches, fourteen and two, fifteen and one. But it happens, guys. Mm -hmm. So it's going to happen. So if you write some down, you lose, you lose. It's like the stock market. People watch what the handicappers do in betting more than they watch what their damn financial advisors are doing to their 401ks, you know? <laughs> it's true, man. Well, I'll tell you this, and that's why we always say 55% is a dang good record to have yeah. lifetime betting the NFL or pretty much any other sport with a spread. Let's move on to the Falcons versus the Seahawks here. 
I mean, this is just screaming teaser, buddy. Uh, Falcons to eight. Uh, you know, I think the Falcons stayed on the West Coast. I love it when teams stay on the West Coast. They get all uh, those distractions. No, no kids sitting there yelling at you. You know, no bus issues, no sickness. You know, you're sitting there in your hotel. You got one focus, and that's to win the next game. I wouldn't doubt if Atlanta wins this outright. I, I'm going to tease them up to uh, plus eight. What are your thoughts? My thoughts, if I was on Atlanta and I was 25 years old and my wife and kids weren't with me, I'd be out drinking every night. <laughs> okay. I think they're like they're, they're watching kid. a little bit more these days, but yeah. <laughs> There'd be no, 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 these days. But if I was 20, no discipline, no wife to say, get your ass, you know, let's go. Nothing going. All sorts of distractions. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I'm like, it, 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 the, the line is what? Minus two, total 42. So if, well, you're, go, if you're going I with a favorite. Go, I'm going to go with Geno. You're going to go with Geno. That's a tough one. But I'll tell you this. Geno does have some skill on those receiver positions with DK Metcalf and Lockett there. You wonder if uh, Disley was pretty good the first game. It, it, it's, it feels like a get-right game for them, but I like the spread. I think it's fine. But I also love the low yeah. total. So whenever there's a low total with a plus two, you tease that thing right up to eight. and you might have a, a bad football time. team. Stayed on the West Coast for a week. Exactly. Well, Swimming in the pool and getting hammered on my ties. Good luck to you. Well, if the coach wants to coach next year, maybe he watches them. We'll see. Niners. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all 53 guys. Niners versus Broncos. And here's the thing. Russell Wilson has an amazing record against the Niners. He was 15-2 and two since 2014, straight up. Since 2019, which is more Shanahan-y, he's 4-0. and oh. And this includes last year. But here's the thing. The Niners did or, uh, play the Seahawks when they were quite binged up last year. And this is a new regime. I don't like Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos, man. I don't think he's a good coach. And I think Shanahan gets an upgrade now that Jimmy G's back. I think the whole team is recharged. I think Kittle might play. I'm taking the Niners all day. I, I see problems with the Denver Broncos, and they're banged up on receiver too. Hackett is an idiot. Okay? <laughs> Let me tell you this. I had Seattle. On that Monday night game. I thought it was dead four times. They fumbled twice. They don't have a quarterback sneak. They do it out of the shotgun. Um, he, look, the nonsense. I hate my finger being away. The nonsense of, well, it's his first game. And they got to get used to each other. I knew how to run the clock, call timeouts when I was 12. Okay? To let the clock go from 120 to 20. With three timeouts in your pocket means that your daddy was a coach that everybody liked, Paul, that you had Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, where you had no input, basically, because LeFleur called the plays. You got the job because of your name and because you were with Aaron Rodgers. This guy has no business being a head coach in the National Football League. He made Nagy look good in that game. I mean, I couldn't even believe what he was doing, how he handled the clock. Uh, but Wilson... On fourth and five, here's the best stat that I could come up with. I said, you know, I need a stat for Kiev. You know, this, the same old stuff isn't going to work. I need something big for him. <laughs> so Hackett says that the marker to make the field goal 64 yards. I started counting my money. Do you know that in the history of the league, people are going to be talking about this little stat here. In the history of the league, from 64, 65, 66 yards and plus, 2 and 29. 2 and 29. And he decides to kick even after he missed it. 
My, you got it after he missed it. You let Russell Wilson on fourth and five go for it. If you lose, you lose. My mouth, Period. my mouth dropped when he did that. I, I was like, it. "Are you freaking?" I, I was like, "I, I, I, I was." No, so he also ran the clock down to that. Ran it down a minute with three, <laughs> and he's standing there. I'm going, "What are you doing?" If I now, on the other hand, I've been involved in games when I was on that end. I, I. I'd be tempted to take a flight and meet their their plane and say, what the hell was on your mind? My God, what a horrible call. Safe to say you're on the Niners this game? I might not play it, but if I am, I'm on them. All right. Let's I'm move. on them. But but if they win, then maybe your heat gets off hacking a little bit. You know, we'll see what happens. Last game, Cowboys versus Giants. Giants, Giants minus one, total 39 I'm not a Cooper Rush guy. I think that last game was more about the Bengals being the Bungles and, and, and the Cowboys' backs against the wall. But at the same time, the Cowboys have a great defense, and that's why you're looking at a total of 39 points here. Um, this is ugly, and I can see either team coming back at the end and winning this game. I'm staying away. You know, on Monday night, maybe I'll watch like House of Dragon or something. Maybe maybe I'll, yeah. maybe I'll put on like a, a movie that I've been waiting to watch because I really, really do not want – to watch this disgusting game, Mike. My deal is, I had New York week one. I should have lost that game. I won that week one. Think about this. I lost with Burroughs, and I lost with Kyler Murray, and I won with Fields, Danny Jones, and Geno Smith. Okay? So things don't figure in the National Football League. I'm going to go with the kid. I know that New York has had a good run. I'm happy for him. Debo wanted to bring Trubisky there. And the hierarchy, just like the Bear hierarchy, said, you got to have a competition. Trubisky goes, I'm not going up against him. Forget about it. I'll go to Pittsburgh on the discount. But Jones has done well enough, but he always throws the ball in the wrong hands. I was impressed by this kid. And don't forget, Prescott didn't do diddly. Until, you know, when he got hurt. He can't stay healthy. I think he's got a lot of money, but he's done diddly. I'm going to go, though, with the dog here. I'm going to go with the kid again. Giants? I'm going to go with the kid. The Giants are favored minus one. Um, right. So I'm going with Dallas. You're going with Dallas. Oh, okay. Dallas. All right. I can't bet McCarthy here. I, I I don't like the game. I guess. I guess this is a good line. I well, think. yeah, you might not bet it. We're just giving a pin. Exactly. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I already think Dayball might be turning out better than McCarthy here, and uh, I. I just. I, I've seen him screw up too many times to uh, to base anything on him. It's a like I said though, terrible game to watch. Probably not even worth betting. And Mike, we're out of time, my man. Thank you so much for coming on. You've been fantastic you. as ever. All the times that I think about back in the day, listening to you on the radio. Where could our listeners you. get your great information and thank plays? you, Kip. No problem. Thank you, Kip. I really appreciate you having me on. You're a great guy. Anytime, pal. All right. Make sure you guys check out Mike North on ESPN Thousand. Download the Odds Couple. It's a fantastic show. Comes out every Friday. I listen to it every single weekend. All right, my friends. Now it's time for a little college football week four. Can't believe it's week four already. Man, this time fly right. Well, anyways, there's some big games coming up this weekend. But for now, I'm going to talk about some of the main ones. I made a couple plays for you guys, and I'm going to give them out here right on this show. 
And if there's any other games that you guys want requested for our Better Odds show coming up this weekend, well, actually Friday, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, we can cover that with Kyle Hunter and our guest. Let's start right out with this Coastal Carolina deal here. Playing on Thursday night. You know, very quick, early game. Here's the deal. I was wrong about Georgia State kind of coming into last season. And I was a little bit skeptical this season, but with every single right to be skeptical. They are not a good team. They are not moving the ball properly. Did they play anybody? Well, I mean, they played at South Carolina, went lost by 21 points, scored at the end a little bit, probably should have lost by more. They lost to North Carolina by seven, which I thought was actually a decent effort. They're at home for that game. And then they lose to Charlotte at home. Now they get to play Coastal Carolina, whom they beat last year. Well, this is more of a revenge spot for Coastal Carolina because when they played last year, Grayson McCall wasn't playing. Grayson McCall was hurt, and they still kept up with Georgia State, uh, only losing by two points. You know, Georgia State right now, not exactly lighting it up, but one thing that the Coastal Carolina chance clears have is their quarterback. You know, Grayson McCall still slinging the rock for them, 70.4%, nine TDs, one interception, you know, and yeah, they played a pretty easy schedule, but Army's always been a decent team. They beat Army, they beat Buffalo, and they're going to Georgia State. There's not that big of a home field advantage in Georgia State, all right? This is one of those situations where you might just put a little number one with the home field advantage uh, against a team like Coastal Carolina. You know, Georgia State, not a competitor here, 0-3. Are their backs against the wall? Yes, but Here's the thing. You're getting the better quarterback here with Coastal Carolina. Uh, uh, Darren Granger, 51.7%. You know, eight TDs and two interceptions is good, but only completing your half your passes is not going to get done versus the Chanticleers. I love the coach for the Chanticleers. Chadwell should have been a head coach in a Power 5 system by now. He could have if he wanted, but he stayed. I think that's why they're going to win this game. I think the spread's too low. My number's eight. Take Coastal Carolina minus two for two stars. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Iowa versus Rutgers. Rutgers plus seven and a half at home. The total 34.5. This game is absolutely disgusting and i beg you not to watch it please don't watch it i don't care if you're an alumni of rutgers i don't care if you went to iowa i don't care if you live in iowa you should not be watching this game for health reasons in saying that i think it's worth betting (laughs) it's just on the fact that iowa is laying over seven points here I honestly don't know who I would bet Iowa against a power five team laying over three points. You know, we tried that once with Iowa State, right? (laughs) Iowa State's better than Rutgers, but at the same time, Rutgers isn't as bad as they've always been. They've got some skill on that team. Crookshank is fast. They have a few guys on defense. Nothing great. 
but Iowa's 125th in offensive EPA. They're averaging 13.7 points per game, and that's counting versus South Dakota State and Nevada. Petrus is under 50% completion percentage. Rutgers is not a powerhouse, but they did at least take care of Boston College on the road, and they do rank 60th in EPA margin. Evan Simon, 67% so far. So even though the other quarterbacks are injured, I'm still thinking he's capable of scoring a little bit here or what it takes at home. This is a silly line to me at seven and a half. I don't. I wouldn't even bet Iowa at three and a half. My power ratings actually have it around seven, but this is a situational play. This is a, I I I have no offense play. That's why I like Iowa as a dog, but I hate them as a favorite. I think every game that they play could be very close if they're not getting blown out by a big team like a Ohio State, Michigan State. Penn State, maybe Wisconsin, maybe Michigan. Well, for sure, Michigan. I it, it, All Rutgers needs to do is keep this turnover margin close, close to equal. You can't do that. Then they win this. They could win this game outright. Take the Rutgers plus 7.5 for three stars. Sprinkle that shit. Next game by our good old pal Patrick Backus and his request, Duke. Versus Kansas, the game of the week, in my opinion. Two undefeated basketball schools facing off in football that actually look pretty good so far. Kansas minus 7.5, total is 66.5. This is definitely the game I wanted to be for game day just because I love tradition, but that didn't happen, and it's still probably worth watching on one of your screens. But the spread's a little bit of a head-scratcher at 7.5, even though my number mimics it. It's just, you got two teams, and they're in positions that they are not used to being in, you know? One thing I will say about Duke is that you would think that this should be a closer spread to zero, but that Northwestern win is just not aging that well, is it? When they lost to Southern Illinois like that. They were the ugly of this week. No, they're, they're the... They're either the bad or the ugly this week. Either way, ugly and bad to lose to Southern Illinois. There's two things that stick out to me. For one, both of these teams have an amazing over plus 2.3 net yards per play. The second thing is that Duke hasn't played a freaking JV squad this year, right? Minus Northwestern, which I don't think anyone ranks pretty high. Their schedule has been terrible. They rank 179th in all of FBS on Sagarin, while Kansas at least ranks 77th, beating Houston, you know, the dark horse of the uh, American Athletic Conference. A lot of people bet them to win, and West Virginia on the road. You got to give them some credit for that. Duke ranks 14th in EPA margin against those bad teams, while Kansas ranks 44th. Just a massive strength of schedule difference here. So that's why you're seeing the seven and a half. I hate to say it. My numbers are seven and a half. But when I look at the coach, I like Lance Leopold. You know, I give the coaching advantage to Lance Leopold here. I like Mike Elko. He's a defensive mind. 
But this could be that situation where Kansas just kind of keeps rolling. I would love to have a play on it, but the total is the only thing that I can look at here, and I'm going to give you a lean to the over. But I don't like the over just because I think that Duke's defense could show up a little bit, and maybe Duke doesn't put up a whole ton of points all the way in Kansas. I think Kansas is better than Northwestern, you know, by a decent amount. I was one of the fewer people that had Kansas as a pretty good team coming in. I have them, obviously, over the season win total, which I'm very happy about. But I am not laying over seven points with Kansas. They've been in like a letdown spot since week one. So I I think I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on Kansas a little bit. And I wouldn't be shocked if they win by 10 points or 15 or 21, whatever. But it's just not a good betting spot, and I think that Duke's going to be extremely motivated in this game, Patrick. So I think the spread's pretty good at 7.5, slightly into the over, but not going to be playing it. Minnesota versus Michigan State. This is a pretty cool game because Michigan State's shown some vulnerability lately. Obviously, that nasty loss they just took to Washington. They're two-and-a-half-point home dogs, total 51. This line tells you that Minnesota's the better team, you know? But do you want to lay points with a team that hasn't played anyone? Minnesota hasn't played anyone. Colorado is terrible this year. They played New Mexico State, you know? Just an absolute bad schedule, almost ranking as bad as what Michigan had to play so far. Michigan State put up 32 points per game last year, though, while the Gophers are at 49 this year. I think both offenses are going to score. I know it was against cupcakes for the Gophers, and I know they lost their best receiver in Ottman Bell, but I still see points in this game, so I'm going to lean to the over. It's pretty low at 51 for these teams that know how to score. I think the coach that nobody's talking about, Mr. Row the Boat, P.J. Fleck could be on his way to a Big Ten West scenario here, winning the Big Ten West. So that's why you see Minnesota as a favorite as well. Arkansas versus Texas A&M. A&M laying two and a half points. Total is 49. I honestly do not know how the heck that A&M is laying points against a good SEC team on a neutral field. This is going to be played at AT&T Stadium in Fort Worth, where the Cowboys play. AM massively outgained versus Miami last week and still won. And they also lost to Appalachian State. Now they switched quarterbacks, and I still haven't seen that much improvement with Max Johnson over King. He only threw 54% so far this year. KJ Jefferson had that stinker last week, and they were kind of in trouble possibly going to lose that game against Missouri State, I believe, an FCS school, but they ended up winning it. And if you look at last year, this exact same game, K.J. Jefferson did pretty well, good enough to win it 20-10. to 10. I think Arkansas has improved since last year, and I think Texas A&M has, might have regressed even with, that, uh, with Calzada out, their old quarterback. He wasn't that good. King was supposed to be the guy last year, and he's not showing it. 
KJ Jefferson last year in this game, two touchdowns, 14 yards per pass attempt. Arkansas is 42nd in EPA margin, while AM is 81st in EPA margin. This is significant seeing that AM's strength of schedule is 55th, and Arkansas is a little bit better at 37th. I love Arkansas here at plus two and a half. I think this could be a public play, though, because I just can't, I just don't understand this line. Maybe it's because Dal- uh, Fort Worth is in Texas where. Texas A&M resides. Texas is a massive place, though. (laughs) Uh, I I love Arkansas for a best bet here, plus two and a half at three stars. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All right, let's talk about the uh, elephant in the room, (laughs) which you guys probably were expecting me to talk about Wisconsin playing Ohio State, my alma mater, Wisconsin. I mean, this spreads 18 points, 18 and a half, crawling up with Ohio State. I was really hoping that there's going to be a contrarian side here, knocking Ohio State down to 17. Hasn't happened, but my number, to be honest with you, is 21 and a half. Here's the thing. You got a night game in Ohio State. Ohio State already had that horrible Notre Dame performance. They actually, I think I, they actually played okay, especially that second half. I just thought that Notre Dame kind of played out of their skill set that game more than more than anything but Ohio State has everything and here's the here's the issue with this game how bad would it be if Wisconsin was going to upset Ohio State it would be bad for the Big Ten you know they'd be kind of on the outside looking in now that Oklahoma and Clemson are looking so good I mean the Big Ten needs Ohio State or Michigan probably Ohio State being that they have the upside on the offense here, to compete against a Georgia in Alabama. Now, in Ohio State, the biggest problem for Wisconsin is the fact that they can't catch up. Wisconsin is the kind of team that needs to play with a lead. You saw that against Washington State. Wisconsin needs to be ahead and pound the rock to get the time ticking, to get the game over with. Ohio State, once they're up by 14 points, Wisconsin can't catch them via pass because their passing game is terrible. Paul Christ is just not a creative coach when it comes to that side of the ball. He hasn't been. And Ingram hasn't proved that he's an offensive coordinator that's going to change that. When you're running into a stack box on second and two, and to nine guys losing against Washington State, it shows me that you learned absolutely nothing. The key to this handicap is the EPA. If you look at the offensive EPA for Wisconsin for the pass, they rank 130th. There's only 131 NFL teams. Okay? 130th and you would think that maybe Wisconsin had a hard strength of schedule being so bad in the pass but no they played Illinois State the first game and New Mexico State the last game even with those gaudy stats their pass game remains low on the EPA which is just means expected points added per pass you're not getting first downs from them you're not doing it a ton on the positive side of the field It's all your run game. And Ohio State has the skill 
on the defense to stuff Wisconsin's run game. That's where the margin's going to go backwards on you. That's where Grand Mertz might be throwing the interception when down 17 to make it down 24, and then it just kind of spins off. That's why Ohio State is probably the play. Now, did I play it yet? Not yet. Like I said, I was hoping it would go a little bit lower. I guess I could see Wisconsin ugly up this game, and I don't completely trust Ohio State, but I do think that Ohio State certainly got off the pot last week against a good Toledo team that uh, is supposed to win the MAC this year. So uh, strong lean to Ohio State, sadly, as a Badger fan, even at the 18.5 points, but I would not be surprised uh, if this is a massive blowout. And I really would be surprised if the Badgers cover this spread. So I'm just going to give you a strong lean. Another big game, you got Texas at Texas Tech. Texas Tech's quarterback, uh, was it Donovan? He threw a ton of interceptions last week against NC State. Now he's coming home. Texas Tech's back against the wall here, which makes me not really want to back them. But I will say that uh, they do play fast and they can score points when rolling and they are at least at home, you know? They kind of lucked that win against Houston in a a way and then uh, laid the egg last week. It's almost like this is the big get-up spot against Texas. I guess Quinn Ewers is practicing this week and he might play at Texas Tech. My number is Texas minus three and a half without Ewers. And with Ewers, it's minus six and a half where the spread is now. So believe it or not, I would have a lean to Texas Tech, but I'm really considering playing the over in this game. If not the Texas team total over, just being that Texas Tech hasn't really showed that they can stop anybody and they play very fast, ranking 11th in pace, which means that the other team's going to get more possessions and more opportunity to score. I'm going to lean to the over here because especially if Quinn Ewers plays, I think uh, this has a good shot of hitting as well as the Texas team total over. My friends, that's what we have for college football. Tune in to Better Odds Sports Betting on Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on our YouTube channels, Kyle's and mine, or on our Twitter. And now it is time for... The Sharp Side of the Force. The Sharp Side of the Force is brought to you by Betfred. For a 100% deposit bonus up to 250 bucks, please visit Betfred. Use the promo code ODDS22. Terms, conditions, location, apply. All right. As of Wednesday, 921, sharp money on TCU. Pick them to minus two at SMU. 89% of the tickets and 94% of the money. Sharp money on Toledo, minus one to minus three at San Diego State. 85% of the tickets and 88% of the money. Sharp money on Western Kentucky, minus 27.5 to minus 31. 57% of the tickets and 99% of the money. Sharp money on Arizona, plus four and a half down to plus three at Cal. 75% of the tickets and 85% of the money. Sharp money on Troy, plus three down to plus Sorry, plus four to plus three hosting Marshall. 27% of the tickets and 60% of the money. Sharp totals. Virginia versus Virginia Tech over 47.5 to 50.5. 52% of the tickets and 71% of the money. 
Nevada versus Air Force under 50.5 down to 45. 59% of the tickets and 89% of the money. Charmaine North Texas versus Memphis over 67.5 to 69. 66% of the tickets and 87% of the money. Charmaine Akron versus Liberty under 59 down to 54. 98% of the tickets and 99% of the money dual action. Charmaine Stanford versus Washington State over 55.5 to 63.5. 64% of the tickets and 95% of the money. I believe it's Washington, not Washington State. Don't know why I wrote that. Sharp NFL. We have Sharp Miami and the Texans plus three down to plus two and a half. 57% of the tickets and 82% of the money. Sharp Miami and the Bills minus three and a half to minus six versus the Dolphins. 82% of the t- tickets and 85% of the money. Sharp Miami and Jaguars plus nine to plus seven. At the Chargers, 90% of the tickets and 97% of the money. Sharp money in the Packers, plus 3.5 down to 1.5 at the Buccaneers. 47% of the tickets and 63% of the money. Sharp totals, Jaguars versus Chargers, under 50.5 to 47.5. 47% of the tickets and 87% of the money. And sharp totals on the Packers versus Buccaneers. Nobody trusts Brady here. All those injuries, all the Giselle stuff, under 48 to 41.5. That was a big move. 42% of the tickets and 70% of the money. I sure as hell ain't tanking under 41.5 in this game. To recap, our best bets, and we're going to start doing that every podcast, just the best bets at the end. We're doing Arkansas plus two and a half, and we're doing in the NFL, Washington Commanders plus six and a half. Those were our two best bets both, I believe, three stars. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at The Oddsbreakers on Twitter. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. And go get some winners.